Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show. This is your host, David McKaig, Jr. This is the Game Sports Show podcast powered by the Game Entertainment and Media, and we have an action-packed show, as always, here for you tonight. So let's get right into it. And going to our sponsors first, two sponsors to notify you of who sponsor this edition of the Game Sports Show podcast. Again, powered by the Game Entertainment and Media, the T-Gem Network. Flawless Roofing, SureSeal Incorporated. Look, Flawless Roofing has over 35 years in the biz. They're located in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and in Thunder Bay. And you got to protect your investment. And it start from the top. It doesn't matter if it's residential, commercial rooftops, it no matter. And it also doesn't matter if you're outside of Sault Ste. Marie and Thunder Bay. If you want fantastic roof completed for you and you want to truly protect that investment that I was telling you about by starting from the top, you'll look no further than Flawless Roofing. Okay, check them out on their website, flawlessroofing.ca, or you can check them out on Facebook, Flawless Roofing Insurance Seal Incorporated. If you have any questions, comment below. We can certainly direct you to the right spot. And Secondly, the sport displays. The sport displays have a fantastic product called the Jersey Mount. We have them all out the T-Gem Studios. And if you have a jersey, a shirt jersey, or a memorable sports item that you want to hang on your wall, it's very easy. Use the double-sided tape, or you can screw the mount onto the wall, and the hanger portion of the mount is changeable, and you can take out the jersey that you have on there for the shirt or the shirt for the jersey. Very easy, and rotate through them as much as you want. And you can have it in your garage. You can have it uh, in your man cave. You can have it in your basement. It doesn't matter where you have the jersey mount. The jersey mount will just look good in any spot in your house or where you put it. Again, Flawless Roofing and the Sport Displays, your sponsors here for the Game Sports Show podcast. Again, powered by the Game Entertainment and Media. I already said my name from the top, but I may as well tell you again. Stephen McCaig Jr. And we have an action-packed show, as I told you from the top as well. And I'm going to get to that agenda to let you know what the show is going to be all about. We're going to be talking here in segment one, as promised in our recent Top Shelf upload that I would bring up on this podcast. Segment one, it will be Hockey Invaded, and it will be from the National Hockey League perspective, and you will finally get to hear my reaction when it comes to the Kyle Dubas to Pittsburgh Penguins being the president of hockey operations and also Brad Tree Living going to the Toronto Maple Leafs as a new general manager. We had some movements as well with other teams. There's a new coach in Anaheim. Cole Caulfield's getting a nice big extension and the Coyotes just to just continue to be a joke. But uh, we're going to get into Dubas and Tree Living for the most part and we'll try to get into the other items as much as we can and as much as time permits. In the second portion, I'm very excited that we'll have EJ Russell Come on the podcast. Of course, EJ Russell's known in the areas of Escanaba and in terms for his sports throwdown live radio show that yours truly has been on more than a few times. And EJ is a longtime member of the Game Sports Show family. He is part of the original Four Horsemen going back since 2016, beginning of 2017. EJ joined myself, Butch Davis, and the late Scott Nason uh, on our podcast and then continue, and on our live show, and which has grown to the podcast, I should say. So EJ Russell, who's been known to talk all things sports, he has continued his involvement here on the Game Sports Show podcast, and it's been on the In the Pocket segment. But you're going to start seeing EJ on this show and some other new shows more as we tread forward. But EJ Russell is going to be coming in. I expect that we're going to be talking football. We decided that we want to keep it open-ended, that segment. But there will be football discussed in other sports if time permits. And if you want to know what those other sports are, you're going to have to wait and see. But we are planning, as I mentioned, football. And I can imagine 
some basketball will likely get thrown in there. And I wonder if EJ is going to get some thoughts about the NHL. He's been really teasing that, so you'll have to wait and see. Very excited to have EJ join us uh, in segment two. And that's what this segment's going to be. It's going to be just two segments. Going to give you some electrifying content from start to finish, all right? If you've been looking for other segments of the Game Sports Show, uh, shows that are presented by the Game Sports Show, which are Top Shelf and Strike Zone, you can check them out on all of our audio platforms that we're on. Hey, just search the Game Sports Show podcast, and you'll find everything that's affiliated with the Game Sports Show and the Game Sports Show podcast. But also, if you're on YouTube, check out the TGM Network YouTube channel. You'll see the video portions of those uploads. But on Saturday night, it was more so Sunday morning in the late in the early early hours, such as as soon as Sunday morning hit at twelve oh one. That recording with yours truly, there was a top shelf podcast where we talked about all news and updates in the NHL, in particular with the Stanley Cup Finals between the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights. And also in that podcast, talk about Connor Bedard. You can't just not talk about Connor Bedard and how great he has been uh, this entire season. So make sure you check out that episode and as well as check out a recent upload with Strikestone. On TGEM, you can look at the Bitter Rivals podcast and all things the Game Sports Show on there also and just a variety of content that you could check out on there and that's on the TGEM Network YouTube channel. Last thing that I'll promote just a handful of minutes in already and make sure I remind you that our next special edition upload will be with Gilbert Brule, former first round pick in the National Hockey League. We're very excited to get that out. Alright, so I did all that. I can scrap saying that I talked about the previous shows, upcoming shows, the agenda, and I know the upcoming shows was really just one for our special edition uploads. There will be more new shows as we progress, such as Strike Zone will be coming out this week as well. I shouldn't forget that, but just keep an eye on all of our platforms so you don't miss any content that we provide. I want to get into this first segment because there is limited time, and as I said, my intros can tend to get a lot of housekeeping items done given our great sponsors and our all of our shows that we have to promote. But I want to make sure I get some, myself some time to talk about Kyle Dubas and Brad Tree living in its big amount. And if I can get into the other three points that I want to mention before we take a quick breather and EJ joins us, that's my plan. And I want to start first with Kyle Dubas. Look, I said this on a previous upload of the show that uh, changes are coming in Toronto. Okay. And anybody who is a friend of mine outside of this podcast, um, if you're a fan of the show, short-term, long-term, medium-term, no matter what you are with the Game Sports Show or if you're new, I am a Toronto Maple Leaf fan when I'm not recording here. Of course, when we try to talk, we talk all sports teams, all sports, and get everything as equal as we can. But yes, there's a little bit of bias in some of the teams that we cheer for the most, right? Uh, given where we are in Ontario, uh, being on the heart of the Great Lakes and Sault Ste. Marie, there's a, a lot of the common teams that you hear in this area. That's Detroit, that's Toronto, that's Montreal, that's Ottawa, Edmonton, the Canadian teams, basically. Any of the American teams, you don't really hear as much <laughs> as uh, maybe you, if you're from the other sides of the states or if you're from other areas of Canada. Look, of course, we talk about some other teams a little extra, but we give a lot of chat about Toronto here on this podcast and Detroit. Those are probably the two most common. But again, we talk about all teams, and I'm going to spend some time talking about Dubas and Brad Tree living a little bit because I have been texted multiple times how I feel. We had a story uploaded on Instagram, and the feedback about Tree Living was just complete no. Nobody likes the move. Uh, Dubis, now the president of operations in Pittsburgh, 
that press conference that he had in Toronto, like he was basically just talking himself out of Toronto. It felt like now more and more as you look into it. But on my previous uploads, I was saying, hey, run it back, run it back. And I still stand by that. I'm not going to change my opinion because you can still run it back with this team, but there needs to be a lot of tweaking. There needs to be like uh, some filler spots in. There needs to be a, a hard-nosed type player in that top six. Uh, there needs to be a full season of Matthew Nyes. There still needs to be some ads on that defense. It's not good enough to win. The goaltending, do you want Joseph Wall to be the guy next year? Samsonov, you got to ask that question. So there needs to be some tweaks. But this is the problem. To run it back with this team and to be able to do some of those tweaks, you won't be able to do that. You won't be able to do that. It's, it's, it's not possible. And the, it's just because of the cap era. And, of course, the players had respect for Kyle Dubas. A lot of the players, of course, that, you know, he was a part of there when Lou Lamorello was there. And Shanahan brought him in as the AGM, and now he became the GM. The the the, the dominoes that were falling uh, in line for him to be the GM, it almost seems like that if Shanahan was to move on, he'd be the next president of operations in Toronto. And we'll never know what's going to happen behind whatever happened, sorry, behind closed doors. But my thoughts on Kyle Dubas going to the Pens, it rewinds to my point about a moment or two ago when I mentioned about his press conference in Toronto. He was talking about his family. Now, Kyle Dubas is from the Sioux, and that's where I'm from, and that's where the Game Sports Show is is recorded, Sioux, Ontario. And there's a lot of respect that I have for Kyle. There, I don't know Kyle. I know some people that I'm close with know him pretty pretty well, or have had the chance to meet him. And his intelligence is just through the roof when it comes to being in the hockey world. He started as a sports agent. He got his job with the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds here. He worked his way up at the Hounds, and then he became the GM of the Hounds and hired Sheldon Keefe. And then when he left from the Hounds, he jumped ship right to Toronto, and he 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 helped lead the Marlies to a championship. Yes, with Keefe there and some of the guys that you see on that roster have seen prior. And then he goes from the Marlies up to the Leafs and being the the, the main guy in Toronto. This is the AGM, the, the GM in Toronto after Lou left. He's had quite the track to get to the NHL, and they really believed in the way that he his approach was, his cap specialty, the way that you can build a team. And overall, Dubas did a great job in Toronto. He, he truly did. He gave us a lot of successful seasons. There wasn't a lot of successful times in the playoffs, as we all know, until this year seeing the second round and only one win in the second round. But he was did some great drafting. Uh, and this was somebody who was going in to win. He made some moves at this past deadline where he showed that he cared. But when it came to that press conference, it really seems like something changed, right? It really seemed like something was different, that Kyle Dubas, now that I'm looking back, and even if you listen to the pre- previous shows, as I mentioned, where, you know, run it back, keep him, do you keep him if you're getting rid of Keith, or if Dubas is truly not going to get re-signed, what happens? What do you do? You need to make that decision quickly. There was a lot of what-ifs at that point. But as now time has settled in and me looking back and seeing the press conference, and I'm just completely assuming here, and I have reached out to some close media individuals in both Toronto, uh, even connected to try to connect with some in Ottawa and Detroit to see if they've had or have heard of anything, and even outside of the Pittsburgh realm. And all of them are pretty linear. Said that Kyle, um, they're the only that Kyle, sorry, there was nothing really known outside of closed doors. The only kind of 
I guess, attractive piece of information I got from somebody uh, who is in the United States doing media, not affiliated to the show, but someone I got connected with, mentioned that it seems like Dubas wanted to play his own card, and it seems like Pittsburgh's been involved uh, for quite some time, more than people think. And it's funny because when Shanahan had his conference with Tree Living, there he did mention how he was reached out by Pittsburgh to talk to Kyle, but it all seems that was supposed to be after. Look, I don't I'm not accusing anything that while I was under contract he was talking to Pittsburgh or whatever the case may be. But the Pittsburgh rumor, I remember seeing that over a month ago. Okay, that if he walks, he's going to go to Pittsburgh. Some this stuff came out and there was mutual interest, okay? But here's my honest prediction now, seeing it from this side. I feel like Dubas went to MLSE and said, hey, I want more say in trades. Now, that could be a good thing or bad thing. Is it Shanahan saying, no, you can't trade any one of the core four, or uh, no, you can't make those trades? Or is it Shanahan saying, no, Kyle, uh, you, you should trade them for these other guys, these other guys to make us better and stronger? And Kyle disagreeing. Is there that going on? Who knows? There's just all assumption. I do think, and I think it's very fair to say that I think Kyle wanted more say in Toronto, and he wasn't getting it. He wasn't going to get it. Kyle uh, was the reported to Shanahan. That's the way it is. Shanahan's the president of operations, and he wanted the the full say in the matter to be get the approval on trades. And I think getting the job in Pittsburgh when the opportunity came that Kyle Dubas uh, could have been either the GM or the operation, president of operations in Pittsburgh, that it was attractive to him. Especially when you have Sidney Crosby recruiting you into there, right? And trying to get into that culture that Pittsburgh has. And I think it was attractive to Kyle once he learned that he couldn't change anything that was happening in Toronto for the way that he wanted. If it was making a trade or if it was keeping the guys that were there Nonetheless, that press conference, going back to what I'm saying again moments ago, the press conference when he brings up his family, and I'm not saying that he used that as an excuse, but it was uh, when he pretty much said that he has to ensure that he has to wants to jam this team, essentially. That's definitely going to cause concern for guys like Shanahan and the crew. And no matter what he asked for, if it was more say or for a bit more of a rope, or for this or this, or if he did truly ask for more money after a contract was on the table, hey, Kyle has his right to do that. Am I mad at Kyle for that as a Leaf fan? No. Do I think the Leafs got rid of the wrong guy? Absolutely. I think if I think Kyle has done a good job in Toronto. I really do. And some people think that that's crazy. There's a difference of opinion on that. But I don't think he's the guy that you should have gotten rid of. And is Shanahan the guy maybe that you get rid of? Maybe. Again, is Shanahan's plan really been working? Well, for nine years, it's been on the right track, and we have had regular season success. just hasn't translated to playoff success, and it's a league that's difficult to win. So it's just Shanahan, it seems like, if he is truly the one that you have to go to him to give approval to, to make trades, I think that's a little bit challenging. you know. And I would really like to see Kyle uh, have had the opportunity to have more of a rope, if that is the case, or imagine him being the president of operations in Toronto, the hockey mecca of the world. I think it could have been great, or maybe it wouldn't have. Maybe... Shanahan did tell Dubas that we have to make some moves, and Dubas disagreed. So nonetheless, as I've been blabbering on here, there's a lot of what-if scenarios in this past five minutes that I've been mentioning to you. And Kyle Dubas uh, was in a scenario where I don't think he had the say that he wanted, 
And I think he was really attracted to the new title in Pittsburgh and for the change and to really step up his resume and to really grow and go to a different culture. Uh, yes, I do think the family thing is true. I, I think that it has been probably pretty stressful on his family being in the hockey mecca of the world. That's if you can't, if you or your family can't handle it in Toronto, then don't do it <laughs> because you have to be thick skinned. It doesn't matter if you're actually the GM of Toronto or the GM's wife or kids, you have to have thick skin to be there because uh, it is a passionate fan base. And that's just speaking the truth. Very passionate that expects wins. And there's some people that take it way over the line that shouldn't. It's unacceptable, but that's what happens in an organization like Toronto. And especially an organization that's starving. And starving is just an underwhelming word to use, but for success. Not just regular season or just to get one round. They're craving a cup. There's people that would sell body parts, that would give away lives, that would give away probably anything that they own just to see Toronto lift the cup in their lifetime, okay? So I truly think at the end of the day, Kyle Dubas in his press conference, he gave it away. He already had plans to exit, and he was a, he's a very smart as person, as I mentioned, very intelligent person, and he was able to talk his way to either command the attention of MLSE to address what he wanted or to be able to uh, dis- demonstrate that if it isn't this way, that he maybe he doesn't want to be there anymore. And I think that's what it was. He truly wanted to move on, and Toronto did lose the wrong guy. I really was hoping Kyle Dubas would have been back in Toronto, but that's not the case. He joins the president of hockey operations in Pittsburgh. I think that's a fantastic opportunity for him. They have a lot of a lot of uh, veterans there. They got contract problems there now with some guys. What are you going to do with Malcolm Latang? You got Crosby. Uh, you got a prospect pool that you know needs improving, and Dubas loves scouting. He's already made moves on the front office end. What are you going to do there in Pittsburgh? You, you get the say now. You get to make the moves that you want, and you kind of get to hit the reset button a little bit in Pittsburgh and kind of do some retooling around there, bring in some new staff, bring in a new outlook to the Pittsburgh Penguins organization, and he gets to have the absolute say, which, as I mentioned, I think is the most attractive to him because he has done his duty. He's done the AGM, the GM, and now the president of hockey operations. He wants to keep going up and keep going up, and he's going to get that opportunity. And I don't think he's going to look back on it. I think Pittsburgh's going to be busy this offseason. They're going to be doing a lot of uh, very smart salary-type moves to move out and bring in contracts. They're going to help them this in, in the short-term and long-term. They're going to get back on a draft capital that Dubas really wants to focus on. And is he truly going to be the one that will trade Crosby? No, I don't, Crosby, I think, will still retire a pen. Uh, he won't get traded to Montreal or anything, so all you Montreal fans, hold uh, hold the phone. But there could be moves where you look at Malkin, if that's someone you're keeping, but I'm sure Sid would like Malkin to remain there. So bringing in the right guys around them, but maybe Latang's a guy that moves. Uh, Dubas has, a, has some contract situations there that he has to address, and I'm going to be curious about how he does it. I, I don't know how he is, if he's going to keep them and work around it, or if moves are going to happen. Ultimately, Dubas to the Pens. Pittsburgh, you're getting somebody who is hockey-driven, very intelligent, and is going to get the job done correctly for you in Pittsburgh. you got a good guy there. Now, I said I'd talk about Brad Tree living. We're just under 20 minutes in, and so I got until the 25-minute mark is my time limit here on the first segment because I do need to allow 15 minutes for EJ. So I want to make sure I give the right time as much as possible. So I talked about Dubas to the Pens. It's a big loss for Toronto. Brad Tree Living goes to Toronto. Everyone says, okay, what other choice would you have had? I had my eyes on Tulski. I think that was somebody that I was really attracted to. Uh, Brandon Prinham, no. Haley Wickenheiser, I think that would have been really cool. Uh, but I still hope that she obviously remains and she could be a future piece in Toronto. 
Uh, I'm definitely very much uh, looking at the Tulski move as something that could have worked out and Maybe maybe Stan Bowman. I know some people may not like that comment, but the guy is a very good hockey guy, and I feel that could have been a good move as well. But Brad Tree living outside of that, there wasn't too much to select from. Uh, there wasn't too much. You, people that could mention Doug Wilson, uh, Armstrong from St. Louis. Yeah, St. Listen, maybe Wilson would have been a good choice. You're right. Uh, but really, Armstrong, maybe he didn't want to leave St. Louis. So there's a lot that we don't know outside, uh, inside, uh, when the doors are closed. I, my favorite would have been Tulski, or my other favorite would have been Armstrong from St. Louis. I would have did whatever the heck I could to get Armstrong from St. Louis. I think that is somebody who would have built a very competitive team or continued this on the right track. But I also think Brad Tree Living is going to be a good one to do it as well. And his press conference, he said all the right things. All the right things. I don't know. He had his notepad in front of him. He had his notes. But when he was making those right answers to the outside of his speech, those were all on the spot. Now, I don't know if Shani or MLSE was the puppets behind where they were saying, hey, you got to say this, you got to say that, or if that's truly Brad. But if you look back at the Flames conferences, he had some success in Calgary. He made a very big trade with Matt Kachuk, really working out for Florida. And Johnny Goudreau walked, right? So there was there was some moves that he made that were great and some that were bad, and you hope that he learned from it because now coming to Toronto, he's faced with a similar task with having to sign Austin Matthews in less than a month or as no movement kicks in, then you have the risk of losing him next the year after next. You have Willie Nylander, and the rumors are swirling about Willie Nylander. I've... I've had some very known Detroit writers. Uh, there's been some very legendary Detroit, Detroit writers, two of them actually, that mentioned that they think Nylander's going to Detroit for one of Edvidson or in a package deal with Moritz Cider. Look, if Detroit's going to give you Cider in terms of William Nylander, you better jump all over that because that's how unrealistic I think that is. Uh, but it does seem like Willie might be the odd guy out uh, and to be able to open up that cap space to be really effective, right? So is Tree Living going to make that move? Or is Shanahan actually truly somebody that says to him, no, don't make the move? Or is Brad on the same uh, same page as Brandon? That no, we don't want to trade them. Let's work around this. He gave the right answers. He has the experience. He's, he's brave to make bold moves. His drafting, even though there's going to be some dispute about being around the draft this year that he can't be a part of, I'm sure he's going to have some opinions about what he feels that a pick should be. And I think you're going to be looking at a lot of tough, hard-nosed hockey players now from the Western Hockey League that are going to be getting drafted, some big defensemen, some big forwards, something that we haven't seen a lot of in Toronto uh, to start bringing in here, not uh, the small Europeans that we have been seeing. Now, granted, Tepi Nemula, and of course, you know, Matthew Nyes uh, is big, wasn't small, but Nemula was small. There's some picks that Dubas made, but he kind of went all over. Frazier Minton, smaller guy, but feisty. Nyes, big guy. Nemula top prospect defenseman so he kind of touched all over but I think Tree Living's really going to focus on the Western Hockey League a little bit and some big wingers type players to help get you in the corners get the puck out and get the puck to the net to your sniper that's what Tree Living's going to be looking for or that hard-nosed defenseman that's going to clear the front of the net and you're not getting to the front of the net until you got a bruise on the back on your back you better hope you got some good protection those are the type of guys that tree living is going to draft and when it comes to making trades he's going to look at the same thing he's going to try to bring in some hard-nosed guys and he loves focusing on the defensive side so i'm actually pretty excited and if you're a toronto fan i would be excited as well to look at uh, from what brad chibi living can do from a defensive side of the puck if he's going to address his team on the defensive side or not 
I think the team does need a top two defenseman. It may have to sacrifice one of the core four to do it. And there are some options out there. Free agency, things get expensive and people can overspend. But if you can move Nylander and bring in a, a, a bring in something, I think that's effective. And, and Detroit seems to be a very logical move, but that's a divisional opponent too, right? So you really got to watch. And I don't think Nylander goes to Detroit unless Detroit can have him sign an extension, which of course I'm sure Stevie Y would have no problem convincing Nylander to do that. So you got my prediction where if Toronto is going to make a move I think you're looking at Nylander outside of Detroit I don't think there's anybody else in the east you'd be looking at the western conference after that but like I've said on a recent edition outside of the last edition of Top Shelf that I think it's uh, I wouldn't be mad if they ran it back but you need to do some tweaks around it Brad Tree Living could be the guy that does those tweaks that you require. I think it's not a bad hire. I don't think it's a great hire. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not excited. It's almost like Steve Dangle said, right? I, I do tune into Steve Dangle a lot. No free ads, but I am going to mention Steve. He's quite a passionate Leaf fan like myself, and he mentioned that there's people that if you're excited about it, good for you. If you're not, give him a chance, right? I'm, I'm in the same boat. I think you should just give him the opportunity to see if he's a fit and give him the summer to see what happens. Maybe he extends Matthews and trades move and you see some alterations, but nothing crazy. Just the right things that tweak this team in the right direction. And then Toronto maybe is just that step ahead next year. Okay. But we know Leafs luck. Watch Dubas will bring Pittsburgh back to the Stanley Cup final and win it next year. Right. That's the Leaf luck. Overall, Dubas to the Pens. That's a win for the Pens. It's a loss for Toronto. Brad Tree leaving to Toronto. I don't think that's a loss. I don't think it's a major win, but I think you're bringing in a guy that if he is as advertised, maybe it's the fit that we need in Toronto. So I'm at the 25-minute mark. I'll quickly say the three other points I wanted to get to. Uh, Craig Cronin was hired by the Anaheim Ducks. Great move. There's a knowledgeable hockey guy as well. Just reading about him with being, uh, there's a, he was actually a part of Toronto as well, the New York Islanders organizations. But he was a part of the Avalanche's uh, affiliate team. He's a very good developer, and he's just an all-around smart hockey guy that I think will work well with the young guys in Anaheim. Uh, Cole Caulfield got an eight-year extension. He got his payday. They, they, I know there was rumors about him maybe if he was going to be on the trade block for some moves. Look, Montreal is not great. They're not doing that. Cole Caulfield is a great fit in Montreal. He loves being there. He gets an eight-year extension. He's committed to Montreal. And Hab fans are going to have to get used to seeing Cole Caulfield. And I'm sure they have no problem with that. I'm sure fans were quite excited. I know on the reactions on Facebook, including the, uh, Adam from the Average Jocks podcast that you can hear on TGEM, was quite excited on Facebook. Now, the last thing that I'll say, I'm already a minute over. I'm getting the nudge uh, here. But the Arizona Coyotes are such a joke of a franchise. I, I shouldn't be that rude here on a, on, a, on a podcast. But their arena is a joke. Uh, the organization, I think, is I – don't, and I don't mean the staff. I just mean the, over, the overall organization. There's no money. There's fans that don't go to games. Gary Bettman, please listen to me. I know there are millions of people telling you, look, hockey is not the hotbed in Arizona. You would have moved this if it was Atlanta a long time ago. You would have moved this if it was any other team. There are other teams that are ready for a hockey team. That's Houston. That's Kansas City. But last but not least, that should be getting a second look is Quebec. But we all know that's likely not going to happen. It seems like Houston might be the favorite. If I hear they go back to Atlanta for a third time, hey, look, what's the definition of insanity? Okay, just look that up. Don't go back to Atlanta. Scrap that. The Coyotes, if they don't get something done by September with an arena, I'm willing to give them until September with the arena agreement. If they're going to build one and really try to change it, all right, then maybe I'll give it a look, but there should not be a hockey team in Arizona, even if that happens. Move to Arizona. They're ready. They want it. Texas is massive. Why not? Kansas City, why not either? 
Houston Coyotes, Kansas City Coyotes, doesn't matter. Make it happen. This is David McKay with the Game Sports Show podcast. This is <clears throat> this is the Game Sports Game Sports Show podcast. Sorry, powered by the Game Entertainment and Media, and this edition is sponsored by Flawless Roofing, Sure Seal Incorporated, and the Sport Displays. Uh, I want to remind you that we're going to be taking a quick breather here. The show is not done, and we're about three minutes over my time limit as I keep getting the alarm ring to go to quick breather. Uh, and after that breather is done, that we'll have very shortly here, EJ Russell is going to be joining us, uh, of course, a member of the Game Sports Show podcast a team and the Game Sports Show team in general. He's part of the T-Gem team, and through the In the Pocket edition, he is one of the hosts of the in the pocket segment. It'll be very exciting to have EJ and his energy on here. So don't go anywhere. Take a quick breather. Don't go too far because very momentarily, EJ will be joining us. And welcome back to the Game Sports Show podcast. It is your host, David McCaig Jr., continuing to lead the trails here for you on the Game Sports Show podcast, powered by the game, entertainment, and media. And I got a special treat today. I am very excited. For the first time on video, and that's absolutely ludicrous to say because me and this fine gentleman have been doing podcasts on the Game Sports Show and other related radio and podcast content for the last over five years, and here we are finally getting to look at each other on video officially. And ladies and gentlemen, those inside Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and in Canada, you likely haven't been able to see this person, and probably a majority of U.S. listeners as well, unless you're in Sioux, Michigan, or in Sioux, Ontario. So without further ado, before I get into what segment two of the Game Sports Show podcast is going to entail, let's bring him in and stop me from talking before I get too much of excitement here and waste the whole segment. EJ Russell, my friend, very happy to have you on. How's it going? Let me make sure I got that right. Can you hear me? I can hear you. <laughs> Thank the dear sweet Lord. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Happy to be here. Part of this segment, Dave McKay, you are a dear, dear friend of mine. There is no way I would ever turn my back on an invitation from you to be on your show. I am so happy to be here. And I will say this. I wouldn't get anywhere where I am now without the help of Dave McKegg, the original El Prez himself, Scott Nason, Butch Davis, all of you. I, happy to be here. Happy to be here in video. And hopefully all of you out there can finally understand that I'm wearing this. I don't just say that I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I live and breathe this stuff. Go Browns. I can tell you he's not a Steelers fan. But where have you heard E.J. Oh, Russell? No. Pretty, pretty obvious. You've heard him on our, our previous 1,400 editions of the Game Sports Show. You've heard him uh, previous to that on 95.1 in Sioux, Michigan, of course. But what show don't, do you don't, don't discredit. I had the hot cast pod, yeah, the hot oh seat my, podcast for oh, a year. The hot seat. I totally forgot you and Tyler, of course. Can't forget that. I gave it a go for a year. And it was great. You got it right from Moe's Pub. You did it from. It was fantastic. And now E.J. obviously he does his own show and I'm going to get to that in one second and save that best news for last uh, well we're going to talk about it first and last but he and I mean EJ is one of the hosts on the in the pocket segment of the game sports show now fun fact in the pocket is the longest running news show on the game sports show and yes hockey is up there but hockey has had three different titles in the pocket has been the same 
for the last six years. It has not changed. Yeah, we're going on seven. We're going on seven years on In the Pocket. It's unbelievable, and it's been the same crew. There's uh, add-ons. We've had the Jamie has been an original. Obviously, Heichel, EJ, like it's great. Uh, so anyone who has heard EJ the last number of years, you would have heard him on, from the Canadian side on the In the Pocket segment along with all the members of the Game Sports Show doing their thing and they shows. And they also, they also may remember me as being the Pick'em champion over the last two or three seasons in a row. Two? two. Is it two? And I'm just saying. I called it over the last two years. I told you all to pick me. Nobody listened. And your trophy is ready, my friend. Not lying. I have your trophy. It is. Uh, yeah, he's been wanting the belt. That's coming. It's got to get in the budget, though, I think. I think we got to get a nice custom TGSS belt. But nonetheless, EJ Russell uh, is a part of the in the pocket segment here and uh, all other shows as well. But we do a rotational host basis on our most of our news shows now. And EJ has been a common host on in the pocket. He's uh, obviously knows what he's doing in the airwaves, okay? And and the reason why I'm lining that up is because you can hear EJ Russell on live radio, and he has one heck of a show. I've had the luxury of being on there quite a number of times. Now, I don't want to talk about it the whole time. It's a sports throwdown. I want to give it over to EJ to pump up the absolute great show he's got going on right now. Yeah, and, and I'll give you the short version here. The Sports Throwdown Show can be heard live across all the stations of the Radio Results Network throughout all of Central Upper Michigan. We can be heard on AM 1450 WMIQ out of Iron Mountain, Maverick 96.7 in Marquette, and Eagle 107.3 in Escanaba and Stevenson. Of course, you can always go to RadioResultsNetwork.com or RNSports.com and find links to the websites to find us. But I'll tell you what. I would have never gotten this opportunity to be where I'm at if it wasn't for Dave McKaig and the great people from the TGM Network. I, I worked with, what, six, six, seven years before I got uh, a crack at this. I am yeah. certainly grateful for everything that uh, all of my Canadian brethren have done for me. You guys have certainly included me when I was far less than deserving. So happy to be a part of the team, and I love all of you. Definitely. You know what, EJ, we're very happy to have you. I know we spent the last five minutes here getting everyone familiar with you, and rightfully so because they need to know who you are, and I want them to follow you. And I want to note to listeners quickly, if you see my eyes moving around, it's actually because I do producing duties now as well. We have some shared producers. So if you see me looking around, it's not because I I thought it was because you had eyes. too many to drink and you had crazy eyes. <laughs> I was doing the producer duties as well, making sure we sound crisp for you. So I do apologize if it's also a little loud and high. Got to work with Dave McKaig, producer duties now. Uh, but nonetheless, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor on this segment quickly flawless roofing and the sport display shout out to all the members of the game sports show family including producers alex flood and mike tassoni uh yours truly doing producing duties tonight as i mentioned so segment two that we're going to have here on the game sports show podcast obviously segment one people finally got my reaction about a lot of the hockey news that we had a top shelf podcast recently but i talked about kyle dubas and brad tree living if you skipped segment one to listen to segment two first for ej power to you i love that but make sure when you're done listening to segment two go back to absolutely this in segment segment one yeah uh, the hockey stuff that this group does is far better than anything i can bring you got to go back if you want to listen to me you don't get to hear me without listening to that first part love that love and listen to you on the sports throwdown make sure they that listen to you routinely on that but we're gonna... i'd rather listen to your hockey content than mine it's way better 
No, we all help each other. That's what it is. But we have uh, segment two, you're talking football. And we didn't get to do it in the pocket series finale this year. The first time in six years we didn't get to do a finale. Schedule conflicts, things have been really busy on everybody's end. We've been actually transitioning our business to the video. And there's been a lot of growth. It's been for a good reason. So I don't want to count this as a season finale in the pocket because there's not enough time for that. And we're not going to go back to talk about the Super Bowl or nothing. We're not going to go back that far. But I want to give EJ the floor in this segment to give us some hot takes, up-to-date news in the world of football. It could be NFL or college or local, whatever he wants to talk about. It's him. And then before we wrap up the show, we're going to tee up some basketball news before we wrap up. And we only got, well, I said we got 15 minutes. I'm uh, getting the time for an extra 13. So we can go to 20 on this segment, EJ. So in a matter of 12 minutes to 12 to 13 minutes, let's get your hot takes in the world of football. Then we'll talk a little basketball before we can uh, for the show tonight. Well, I think the most important story, and certainly one that matters very much to me as a Cleveland Browns fan, since I'm repping my gear is the first time that people get to see me. Uh, the, the most important story in the NFL right now is where is DeAndre Hopkins going to land? Mm. And many people expect him to go to a team like the Baltimore Ravens, uh, maybe the Dallas Cowboys. The Baltimore Ravens have seemed to be a front runner. The thing that I've been hearing outside, you know, inside of the Cleveland rings that I know is that Deshaun Watson is very actively pursuing DeAndre Hopkins privately, and the Browns do have the money to pay him. Teams like the Cowboys, the Ravens, other of those squads that are in the contention, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, they don't have the kind of money that some teams do, and many people think maybe the Browns don't have that money because of the big deal they gave Deshaun Watson. Well, guess what? They do still have some dollars left they can spend on a guy like D hop. Do I think that the Browns are going to get him? Absolutely not. I think a team like the bills or the Ravens makes a lot more sense for a guy like D hop. Many people know that he's chasing the dollars right now. Mm -hmm. The other things that you have to consider when it comes to this NFL off season is where are some of these other pieces that we're not sure of, where are they going to land? And we're not quite sure what our rookies look like right now. And that goes for any team in the NFL right now. Another piece that's a big question mark is where might a guy like Derrick Henry land? Because the Tennessee Titans have been allegedly actively pursuing a trade to move on from them. Historically, you guys have heard me, anybody that's heard me on these podcasts, you've heard me say these great running backs have three to four year shelf lives where they hit that 1,800, 2,000, 1,900 yard mark. But after that three or four years, statistically, Outside of the top five or six running backs, they all fall off. So where is a guy like Derrick Henry going to end up? Is he going to go down that list? Could he end up being a guy like Emmett Smith that just puts together a long career and, and, and does something like that? We're not sure. The biggest question marks in the NFL right now are Derrick Henry, where is he's going to land? DeAndre Hopkins, where is he's going to land? And what is New England going to do? in their quarterback room because a lot of people aren't sure if Mac Jones is the guy. So Derrick Henry is an interesting one. And the reason why I want to mention a little bit about Derrick Henry uh, is the guy's a literal truck. Okay. He is a literal truck. He is one of the best running backs in the NFL. You, Absolutely. You can't, yeah, you got to say top five, if not higher running back in the NFL. 
And the D Hop, there's a guy that was a household name, and the Cardinals are claiming that he isn't the same. He's not as fast. It's this. There's and the Cardinals are a team that actually surprised me a little bit this year. I thought they were going to be a better team, right? I had higher expectations for the Cardinals, but I think you bring up the Browns. That's a very interesting take. But I, I, I have a little feeling for D Hop heading over the Bills. I just I think that's kind of where it's going to end up landing. Uh, and Derek Henry. The, the issue that I have with the Buffalo Bills though is. If if D Hop lands there, how do the personalities work between mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins? Because work? both of them are very ball dominant receivers. Both of them need to be one A. Can a one A one B work? I think the best situation we've seen in the last twenty years of a one A one B is Julio Jones and Roddy White. I think that's the best one A one B that we've seen in the last couple of years. If they can figure out how to coexist together, then yeah, that's going to work. But unless you can come into it with this unbiased, uh, unadulterated opinion of let's just do what's best for the team, I don't know that this works. No, that's a good point. And ultimately, you got a, a, a ride receiver who was a household name dominant, right? And you mentioned that loud attitude. And that's can someone accept that role? And there's very little ride receivers that have had such dominant careers that can look and do that. I think one person that would be okay after being a 1A for a number of years and moved, obviously it's a little different now. I'm just using him as an example. Larry Fitzgerald, because that's a guy who's a character guy. He's a leader guy. that He can accept doing multiple yeah, roles. Yeah, but Larry, Larry Fitzgerald also has more tackles in his career than he does drops. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> look it up. I'm not wrong. That's true. You know, yep. And honestly, the the biggest story for me this year is what what the Bills gonna do to kind of rebound from last year. I feel like they kind of stayed at a level of where they couldn't get to that next step. Obviously, they didn't win. They were my Super Bowl favorite last year, and I think they were a lot of people's favorites. And looking at NFL, well, I, I think going in the playoffs they were. But I, I'm gonna give you the hottest take is that I, I think that they just rode that Demar Hamlin train too hard. I'm not saying that the Buffalo Bills aren't a great football team. Offensively, they're one of the best five or six teams in this league. But defensively, they had to bring in Von Miller to try to repair pieces that weren't quite perfect, and that defense was imperfect. That's why you had to rely on a guy like DeMar Hamlin. And let's be honest, DeMar Hamlin is not an all-star. DeMar Hamlin is not an all-pro player. DeMar Hamlin is not a pro bowler. He is a nice piece to have on your team. But Buffalo rode that DeMar Hamlin trade train really hard. And he just, I mean, if we were talking about a name like Anquan Bolden, mm-hmm. if we were talking about a name like, uh, what, what was his name, Jamal Williams, Jamal Anderson, the, the Baltimore running back that ran for 2,000 yards? Uh, Jamal Williams, right? Jamal, is it Jamal Williams? I'm getting the, yeah, it's Jamal Williams. So, he he started. He ended up playing for the Browns later, but yeah, he like. But that's what I'm talking. Or, or like Frank Gore, a gritty kind good. of grinded out. There's a good example. Yeah, yeah. That's how that felt. Yeah. I don't know if I'm with there with that right now. No, and the biggest thing too that I was looking at this year, going into the off season, was how are teams gonna go into free agency with some of these guys like if it was i wasn't thinking hopkins at the time and there are a lot of teams that still have a lot of money out there that people don't know have money lots and one team that i thought was gonna be a bit more aggressive 
Not saying they weren't. They were a little bit active. But the Dolphins, I I, I expected them to be a bit more. I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you on I, that. I, I thought that would be a squad that was a little bit more busy. People ask if I thought the Steelers were going to be. No, no. I didn't think the Steelers were going to be. I, I thought state. the Dolphins would be trading back, picking up linemen, yeah. protecting Tua, yeah. bringing in a tight end, yeah. kind of shoring up that quarterback position, and instead they did something totally different. Yeah, and the Bills are getting a new stadium. They're adding pieces, uh, and this is as per NFL.com. They obviously had uh, they added linebacker Leonard Floyd. They agreed to a one-year deal. Uh, the veteran uh, edge rusher got seven million dollar contract uh, with the Buffalo Bills, and he gets to he gets to reunite um, with former Rams linebacker Von Miller. And then, of course, if you look at the NFL.com as well, the Bills they broke ground on their one point five four billion dollar Orchard Park Stadium, right? There's been a lot of Bills news. For, forget the stadium. Like... Let me ask you a question, Dave, yeah. about the Buffalo Bills. Is Von Miller going to be there for another two to three years? Because if he's not, the defense needs to find a new piece, don't they? Yeah, I don't. I I don't want to call someone old, you know, because I feel like me getting into my. He's uh, not old, but in two or old. three years, he's yeah. going to be expired. Yeah, I, it, that's a good way to look at it. He will be expired, and it's a little bit of a different game than what it is. I feel like the guy. It's like buying. It's like buying a carton of milk. You you know when you buy it, it's good, but eventually it's gonna go bad. It's gonna expire if you leave. Von Miller, right. when when Buffalo brought Von Miller in, he's in a, he's a carton of milk. When he's gonna expire is the question. Exactly. I I think. You get this year, and you might you might get a next year out of them in terms, and that's two is is, and that's me being nice about it. I I think after this year is where this is the year that the Vaughn Miller train is going to be rode appropriately, and then next year will be the year where we start seeing a noticeable decline, not just a decline, a noticeable decline, and it's it's. I don't want to say that he's not a Ray Lewis or anything like that, but no, Ray Lewis is built a, different. He's built different. It's a different That's player. like trying to compare Brian Dawkins to Ed Reed. They're both great safeties, but they're not the same player. Love Brian Dawkins, and I'm not even – They're both great. <laughs> yeah, or, or, trying to, or trying to compare uh, Ed Reed to Troy Palomalo to Brian Dawkins. They're, they're three very different players, and they're three of the best safeties in and. Back half players of all time. Now, before we we're gonna wrap up a little bit on the NFL, then I might put you on the spot for some NCAA football stuff quickly, like very brief before we go to basketball. Quick before the wrap up, uh, but in terms of the rest of the off season going, the NFL is well, it's still a little bit a ways away. But uh, do you what do you else do you anticipate this summer to go on? Do you think there's gonna be any surprises? Or are we gonna see more of a quiet rest of the off season leading up to the kickoff? I, I- I think we might see one or two guys make surprising moves, but for the rest of the way, I think that what we've got after the draft is kind of what we're going to be looking at. There might be one or two guys that maybe get cut early in the preseason that end up on a different roster and end up making an impact, but I don't think we're going to see anybody make any kind of significant changes. Could we see a rookie running back propel himself into the upper echelon this year? That, I think, is entirely possible. I think Alabama's done a nice job of preparing guys to get into this league. Uh, Do I expect a rookie quarterback to be inside the top five this year in passing yards? I don't. I think if anybody does, I think it's C.J. Stroud, and he's three, three, four years away. I think he got put into the wrong system. I would have liked to have seen him gone to Indianapolis. I think that was a better fit for him. However, Houston is the biggest curveball of this upcoming season. They went chips in on the draft. Uh, 
They went quarterback. They got their linemen. They went in. They're there. They're not telling you that they're not prepared to play this upcoming season. They didn't draft guys to play three, four years from now. They're ready to contend for a division that is up for grabs right now. So Houston, what they've done in this draft, I look for them to tell me in the first three to four weeks of the season if they're for real or not. You know, it's such a big decline in Houston over the past number of years and all the Deshaun Watson nonsense. And you had J.J. Watt who ended up Hey, that's my quarterback. Yeah, yeah. now he's a Brown, right? It's been such a change over in Houston. They're craving for a little change. Now, EJ, two more points. We'll get into the NCAA. You mentioned Alabama. Uh, everyone knows where my college football knowledge stems from. Of course, I follow it, but I'm an Oregon Duck guy. I think that says enough uh, for everybody right there, uh, honestly, because of me liking their jerseys a whole bunch. Uh, but what do you got on some college football? Any, any kind of news you can shed in a quick blitz here? I, I think within the first three weeks of college football, we're really going to see who the best team in the country is. There's some great matchups between a lot of out-of-conference opponents, including teams like Florida State, LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. They're all going to square off in the first three weeks and play some really tough opponents. The first three weeks of college football this year are going to tell us who is for real. Who do I expect to be for real? I think Alabama actually falls outside of the top 10 within the first three weeks of college football this year. I don't think that they are set up enough offensively. I think their defense is going to be fantastic, as it often has been. They've produced a lot of NFL-quality linebackers, defensive linemen, and linebackers. However, on the offensive side of the football, I think they might struggle this year in a conference that's going to be realigning soon. I think LSU in their second or third year under Brian Kelly is going to be far improved versus what they were last year, which was a eight and three, eight uh, nine and four team. Um, LSU is going to be far improved. I think Texas A and M is going to be the team out of the SEC that comes out and surprises you. I think they're going to come out. They're going to have nice play from the quarterback position out of the Big Ten. I think Michigan State takes a step back. I think Michigan takes a step up. I think Ohio State actually finishes second in the Big Ten this year finishes behind Michigan. I think Ohio State has a better team, but I think Michigan has better motivation right now. But either way, we're in the last year of the Big Ten that we don't look at without UCLA and without USC. Once they come in, this is a very different conference, and I look forward to seeing what that looks like. See, college football is so loved in the city, in the country. It's complex. It is. It's loved in the United States. Well, and here, and I'll, I'll tell you this, Dave. Let me, let me interrupt you yeah, for a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. most complex story for anybody. There's goes my wife, the beautiful woman that she is behind us. Um, the most complex story this year in college football has to be the Colorado Buffalo, Colorado University, and Deion Sanders coming in as his first year as a head coach. Mm. Most transfers out that any school has ever seen. Deion said he was coming in with his guys. I don't expect Colorado to win more than three or four games this year, but the next two years after this, look for this team to improve. I think Deion makes a big step forward this year. A lot of people think they're going to win three or four games. I'll give them five or six because I think Coach Prime is that good. You know, and that's good to see the players get into it and with these other schools that are just jumping in to take over Alabama or something like that. I'm not saying Colorado's a small school. I mean, and Dave, what, what Coach Prime is doing is unprecedented. Yeah. There has never been a coach that I've ever heard of that came into a university and go, hey, half of you are freaking gone next year. <laughs> you guys suck. He said, up. I'm coming in with my own luggage. Half of you are gone. And, and you know what? 
this Colorado team is expected to do great things within the next three years. Next year, if they don't win three or four games, I think we are in panic mode if they win one or two. If they win four or five games, I think this team is on pace to do good things. That's great. Now, EJ, that's NFL and NCAA coverage from the one only EJ Russell where you can hear him on the Sports Throwdown and also you can hear him on the In the Pocket podcast, which is a few months away before season seven comes up of in the pocket unbelievable here's what you need to know about season seven if anybody's on the show other than me there's no need to listen i've won the title two years back to back all you need to know is what i have to say i'm winning this year but i said that the last two years okay Uh, okay 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 can we bet on it now i'm looking right i'm not even looking at your picture my picture i'm looking right at the camera what do you want to bet money we can't do no, money. No, we can't do money. Money's not as People, much. Yeah, it's, it's no, not, but money's <laughs> not as much fun as the public embarrassment that we could do to each other on, on I the did air. the hot wings, right? I think that was with you where I had to eat the hot wings. Yes, you did wrong. lose. Uh, I did, And I, I will I, say this. He I, did send me the video. He did. didn't post it. No, that's true. I didn't. I don't know if you post it. You did send did it I to me. It? It, Dave yeah. ate them hot wings, though. Uh, can we do something? I think you did post it, actually. Can we do something like that? Like another hot wings type deal? Oh, no. I'm, dude, I'm down because I'm not going to lose. Okay, hot wings. I actually, I wish I would lose because I love hot wings. Let's do a rematch of the hot wings bet. I might intentionally lose just to eat these wings. <laughs> I'll still buy you the wings. I'll send them to you from Sports Center there Bar and Grill. There you go. <laughs> Got to give Sports Center a little from take. Sports Center Bar and Grill and, and, Ontario, and they pay for an advertisement. Okay, they pay for an advertisement, so they're allowed to get the ads on this show. <laughs> I didn't. I. I knew that one wasn't a free ad. <laughs> Sports Center Bar and Grill has been riding with us since it was phone in a cup. Day one, Sports Center Bar and phone in a cup. Yeah, <laughs> phone in a cup. I, like I wasn't that. even on that show, and I know this story. Phone in a cup. We'll we have to tell that story another time. We'll keep doing it each year at the opening of each show. Uh, now the phone last cup. the last thing we'll do. We only got a couple minutes here left. DJ went a little over time, but it's okay. We we can spend the last two minutes here talking about the NBA. Now in the NBA Finals right now, you got the Miami Heat, you got the Nuggets. They're they we're not going to get into uh, like the game reactions, nothing like that. It's good to see Jamal Murray get there, Canadian blood. Uh, I am really pulling for the Nuggets in this one. Of course, uh, I think it'd be great. To I would be too if I was you. Yeah, it'd be cool to see a Canadian get it. Murray is a big part of that Nuggets team. They got a very good ball team. But I want to talk about the the drama king for a second. The four, the Cleveland boy himself. Okay, LeBron James. Okay, and this is why I want to bring up LeBron James. I'd rather give you my NBA <laughs> impressions. Um, LeBron or finals impressions. Yeah, okay. let's do this. So let's two go. two quick things. One, I think the Nuggets are going to win. EJ, who do you think is going to win? And number two, does LeBron leave the Lakers? EJ, those are the last two points of the show. Uh, I'll start off with it by saying, I think LeBron leaves the Lakers eventually. I, I think that he has about three to five years left in his career, and the only reason that that's true is because Bronny James goes into his freshman year at USC next year. If he plays well in the next two years, that means he goes to the NBA. I think that LeBron would absolutely relish the opportunity to play with his son. So do I think LeBron is done with the Lakers? No, I think he maybe has one more team left in him just to play with his son. Now, going into the NBA Finals, I think this is one of the most unique matchups in the history of the NBA Finals. You have the Denver Nuggets, who were the number one seed in the Western Conference. Absolutely dominated, hands down, in my opinion. I thought should have been a third-time MVP. 
Yes, I understand that Joel Embiid had better numbers, but Joker was more impactful to his team than anybody else this year. Look at what he's done in the playoffs. He's damn near averaging a triple-double in every game that exactly. he plays. What the Miami Heat need to continue to do well and what they did well in games two is shut down Jamal Murray. You're not going to stop Joker from scoring points. There's nothing you're going to do to stop Joker. But what you did do well is stop him from moving the ball around. Jokic had four assists in that last game. That is the least amount of assists that he's having. When he's had four or less assists, they've lost nine out of their last ten games. If you can eliminate the help that you give him from guys like Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, and the likes of such, then you're going to make the Denver Nuggets have to play solely through Jokic. And I don't think that that team is as good when he can't move the ball. Jimmy Butler in game two, or excuse me, game one of the NBA Finals, had eight drives at the rim, the lowest that he's had in this playoffs thus far until the last game before that where he had 10 drives. And yet they were still holding the Denver Nuggets to what was in 104 points. They held them to 108 points in this game. If the, if, if the Miami Heat can continue to play through Jimmy Butler intelligently and drive at the rim with purpose and hold Denver under 110 points a game, these Miami Heat players and this team, led by Eric Spolcher, who I think has proven to me that he's one of the best coaches in the NBA after what he's done since LeBron and Wade and Bosh have left, I think this Miami Heat team is one of the scariest teams that I've ever seen in the playoffs. And if they can hold Denver to under 110 points a game, I like Miami in a seven-game series. Good point, TJ. Fantastic. See? NBA, NFL, you get it all here in segment two, okay? You, you want to talk tennis? I got you. Yeah, Bianca and Adrescu, you know, he's uh, disappeared since her big U.S. Open win a few years back before COVID. But we'll talk tennis another day. Uh, we, here on the Game Sports Show podcast, you know, we talk everything, every sport, and we have a great family here on the Game Sports Show. Uh, obviously, uh, there's been a lot of adjustments we've had to go through since uh, the end of September. Uh, obviously, we uh, big family. We've came together, and we've had a lot. Of, our evolution has continued. Our growth has continued, and our goals hasn't changed. We stayed on course, and uh, I appreciate the listeners. I'm going to say in advance that the Game Sports Show podcast was supposed to be a weekly upload. It's been going on the bi-weekly now because of all the other shows we have. We don't want to flood you with too much content because, you know what, I will say – there isn't a thing as too much picture or, or slight 30-second content, but when you have full shows, there could be a thing of too much content for you to catch up on, okay? So- I wouldn't want to walk a day for a half hour. <laughs> it's a lot. That is a lot. Now, the Gain Sports Show podcast is grateful for your joining us here on the show. If it's audio, if it's video, whatever it may be, please hit like, follow, and subscribe, okay? It really helps us. We enjoy it. We love feedback. Don't hesitate to comment below. We hope that you enjoyed hearing hockey. We hope that you love seeing EJ for video on the first time here on the Game Sports Show uh, and talking football in the end. And, and I love all of you. I, I will say this. Before Dave finishes, there's no way I would have gotten to my position without all of your support. So no matter whether you say something or not, I want you all to know I love all of you. And we love you, EJ. Now, I'm going to say another shout-out to Flawless Roofing. Protect your investment. Start from the top. 
residential, commercial rooftops. Over 35 years in the biz, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Thunder Bay, doesn't matter even from outside of there. Check them out on Facebook and their website uh, is flawlessroofing.ca and then search them on Facebook, Flawless Roofing Sure Seal Incorporated. Again, protect your investment, start from the top. You don't want no leaks coming in. You don't want that nonsense. And then obviously give a shout out to the Sport Displays, the Jersey Mount product, your interchangeable mount product that they have, sticker or screw in. You can change out that jersey top or that t-shirt jersey in your man cave, garage, office, whatever it may be. This has been the Game Sports Show podcast powered by the Game Entertainment and Media. EJ, before I even want to say go, I didn't get to say bye to you. I hope you have a good night, my friend, and it's been great having you on. You just need to know you better not mute my mic at the end. Oh, I know that. That it, it, You will get the last words. That is for it's sure. Been great. It's been great to be here. I appreciate all of you listeners. Dave, thank you so much for having me course and listeners hopefully you enjoyed a little bit of an extra time and we appreciate you being here from start to finish with us and i'm here to remind you until next time keep your six on the ice swing your bats catch your touchdowns drain your threes and shoot your shots booyah Shoot.